this year is going to be focused topics here in the series on page 131 dealing with sorcery divination omens and sly of hand and uh, the question of magic magic shows etc our focus is going to be dealing with two main topics <clears throat> the first is the question of signs and omens is it asur how does that deal with all our minagim we have many minagim that we do have signs we do have omens is there a contradiction regarding this topic and the second part of the year will be dealing with the problem of magic shows magicians illusionists is there a problem isn't there a problem Purim's coming up everyone's hired them at the outset let me give a, a general overview that there is a huge argument between the Rambam on the one hand and almost all the other Rishonim on the other hand. The Rambam understands that when it comes to sorcery, black magic and the like, it is all Sheker v'chazav, utter nonsense. It doesn't exist. <clears throat> Nevertheless, there's a Torah prohibition to do such things or to believe in such things. And according, <coughs> excuse me, according to the Rambam, even though it doesn't exist, the Torah said stay away from it. Just like Avodah is utter nonsense and the Torah said stay away from it, so too all of the sorcer sorcery black magic doesn't exist, the Torah says stay away from it. The Ramban, and in his wake, the Rashba, the Rivash, and many, the Ran and other Rishonim take the Rambam to task. Many, many stories where it seems that black magic, sorcery, doing nothing utter nonsense, and they take the Rambam to task. The person who was perhaps the most vociferous against the Rambam is the Vilna Gaon. The Vilna Gaon said, corrupted by the opinions of the philosophers. And therefore, according to the Vilna Gaon, he's very, very sharp in his attack over here. Not often does the Vilna Gaon attack the Rambam in such a vociferous way. But basically he says that this is external ideas are being brought into the Halakha. Um, and therefore he, he completely disregards the opinion of the, <coughs> of the Rambam in terms of how we view the nature. Now, both the Rambam and the Ramban, they all agree that there's an issue. So is there any real nafkamina between the Rambam and the Ramban? And we will see that when it comes to magic shows, basing our understanding of the nature of the prohibition between the Rambam and the Ramban, the Radbaz will explain that there's actually a halachic ramification in terms of halacha lamaiseh. But please God will get there. So that was at the outset. We saw that according to the Rambam, it's utter nonsense, sorcery, black magic. And source number one on page 131 says the Sefer Mitzvah. The source of this prohibition is Lafisha inyanim elehem divrei shiga'on v'sichlut gmura. These are things that are utter lunacy, complete nonsense, and the, clearly the Sefer magic doesn't exist. It's not it's not appropriate for Am Yisrael, the chosen people, to be dealing with nonsense. Reason number one why the Torah prohibited it. And furthermore, it causes a person to 
weaken his belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, <coughs> his bitachon in Hashem and how Hashem runs the world, and he starts relying on his causes a lack He follows the Rambam, it's total nonsense, and, 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 and the Rambam says the person, it's not doing anything for our, our Avodah Hashem to deal with nonsense, but now now bitachon. Okay, so Sefer Achinoch is clearly going within the opinion of the Rambam. But let's sort, start with the source where we find this prohibition in the Torah. The birds, they hear the noise of the weasel or what it said, or the bird said something and they say, okay, we can't do X or we can't do Y. That is what the Torah prohibits called Nichush. The Loto Oneinu explains Rashi, Lashon Onot, the Sha'ot. The word Onen comes from the word Ona, which means a time. This calendar, <coughs> this time in the calendar is a problem, this uh, uh, problem, etc. Based on a calendar, Yom Ploni Yafela Tchil Melacha, or Yom Sha'a Ploni Tkashel, let's say, this hour is not a good hour to leave, etc. And we'll come back to the question of how does that apply to the Jewish calendar, where we do find we'll bring some uh, sources in the Gemara in, in, the, in the Shulchan Aruch in a, in a moment. But let's try and <clears throat> crystallize the prohibition and we'll see the source in the Gemara in Sanhedrin Samachai. Source number four. Tanarabana. Menachesh. What is the prohibition of this enchanter? Menachesh. Zeaomer piton aflami piv, maklon aflami ador. He's eating, his bread fell from his mouth. He said, Oi, that's an omen. I'm not going to go on a teal today. Or his, uh, his stick fell from his hand, oh, that's a siman, I shouldn't walk out the door today. All of these things, his son calls him from behind him, or raven, he's walking and a deer crosses his path, okay, that's an omen that I cannot continue, etc. The snake on his left, the fox on his right, etc. Or, alternatively, says the Gemara, Alta Tchilbi, a person's coming to collect money. He says, no, no, don't start with me, because if you start with me, it's a sign that I'm just going to be dishing out money the whole week. Right? Shacharitu, Rosh Chodeshu, if you start with me on the first uh, in the morning, or the Rosh Chodesh, it just means the whole month. I'm just going to be paying bills. So please don't, don't do that. This is a Torah violation of Nichush. So, so far, it's quite clear what Nichosh is. All these omens, I remember I was uh, uh, in South Africa, I was doing a wedding and the clouds were, were gathering <laughs> and one of the relatives of the, the, of the color ran to the kitchen and brought out a broom and she was going to put the broom upside down <laughs> in order to stop the, the, the clouds. And I'm like, no, 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 please, <laughs> that's not what we should be doing, you know. And anyway, no one listened to me, of course. And um, it rained, it poured. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, at least there was an Achille Hashem. You know, I'm not, uh, not getting involved. But anyway, so. How yeah. about, uh, I will attend the Shiva today if I find a parking space on this block. <laughs> okay, we'll see whether that is going to be a prohibition or not. Based on what we said, it could be, it seems like it could be, could be problematic, right? So far, everything seems quite clear. Any signs, omens, <coughs> seem very problematic. And look at the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch paskins it. In Kufayin Tet, Haomer piti naflami pi, my bread fell out from my mouth, my, or my kli miyadi, my stick fell, and he just continues, 
All of these things are asur. Everything quoted in the Gemara in Sanhedrin is brought down as halacha in the Shulchan Aruch. So, so far, it is very clear that um, all types of signs and omens are prohibited. So here comes the question. The Gemara Masechet Chulin Sadihei, those who are doing Daf Yomi, this week, Amarav called Nichosh, any nichush relying on omens that is not like Eliezer, the servant of Avram. Let's just recall. Say for Breshit, Eliezer is sent to find the wife for Ritfaga. He sits by the well. He says, if a woman comes and offers to quench my, fir- my thirst and also my camel's thirst, that's, uh, then she's uh, obviously appropriate. And if not, not. Says the Gemara of Yah, if, that, if a person doesn't have a sign like that, that's not Nichosh. It implies that first of all, we now have a definition of what of, of the omen is. Second of all, it sounds like Eliezer transgressed the prohibition of Nichosh. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, it says, Yonatan ben Shaul. What was the story of Yonatan ben Shaul? Yonatan <coughs> is about to go and attack the Philistines. And he says to his arms bearer, let's go close to them. If they call us to come up to them, then it's a sign that we're going to be able to, to kill them all and we'll go up. If they don't, if they say we'll come down to you, then it's a problem. And the Gemara says that anyone who doesn't do that like that omen, then you haven't, it seems like you haven't transgressed. So now we have a definition of what Nichosh is, but we also, it seems like the Gemara is saying that Eliezer transgressed the prohibition of Nichosh, and Yonatan ben Shaul transgressed the prohibition of Nichosh. And he gets, pra- he gets praised for it. Oh, and we'll see, does he get praised for it? And, and so how does this work? So answer number one is the answer of the Rambam. Correct. Both Eliezer and Yonatan transgressed the prohibition of Nichosh. How does that work? Yonatan was a tzaddik. Maybe you could argue that Eliezer was before Matan Torah. We could, we could, we could uh, come up with maybe some answer of why Eliezer, we could give an answer. But according to the Rambam, it's a clear prohibition. They transgress. It seems that Rashi is saying that as well. Rashi says, that he relies on it completely like Ebed Abraham. If she will quench the thirst, she, you know, she will give water to me and to my camels, then I will speak with her. This is going to be a possible shirach, but if not, not. He said to his arms bearer, if they will call us, then we will go up. So it sounds like Rashi also understands that there was a transgression, and this is the definition of Nichosh. But look at Tosfot. Tosfot says, <coughs> source number 11, Vim Tomar Eliezer Ech Nichesh. How could Eliezer commit the trans- violation of Nichosh? Leman Damar Beperik Arba Mitzot Kol Amur Bepashat Mechashef Ben Noach Muzhar Alav. So Tosfot says, okay. This is also only according to the opinion that a goy is included in the transgression of Kishof, because Eliezer wasn't a Jew. So my question, according to Tosafot, is only according to the opinion 
that a Ben Noach is also included in the prohibition of Kishov. So what's the answer? The Yesh And now Tosfat says as follows. Dahutana Sabah. That according to that opinion that a guy is also included in the prohibition. How could Eliezer, the Tzaddik, transgress? Says Tosfat, he didn't give her the jewelry <coughs> until he clarified who she was. What is Tosfat saying? In other words, he did not completely rely on the sun and the omen. He wanted to know who she was. Ah, she's from the family of Avram. Now we can do business. When he gave her, it could even be that he was actually giving it as a shaliach lekidushin. That's a toswat in Ketubot of Zayn. Seems to imply that way. So he was only prepared to give her the jewelry, not based on his son, but based on the knowledge that this is Mishpachat Abraham, and that's who he is sent to actually make the shidduch with. So toswat is now giving us, that you a definition that you do not transgress the violation of nichush if you do not completely rely on it. That's what it seems. Furthermore, <coughs> he continues. Yonatan ben Shaul. How's he going to explain Yonatan ben Shaul? Vim tomar ech nichesh veyesh lomar de lezarez et naro amar uvelavachi nami ayaule. Says Tosfot, he just did it to convince, to give his answer a bit of morale. You know. You, you, sending this guy in to fight all these uh, him. he wanted to give him a bit of chizok. It was just a morale speech but really he would have gone up anyway. The Tosvot is very clear that basically if you do not rely on the Sima completely, you have not transgressed the prohibition of Nichosh. One difficulty is that it seems to go against the Pshat of the Gemara. The Gemara says anyone who didn't follow Eliezer and Yonatan, they haven't transgressed prohibition of Nichosh, implying that Eliezer and Yonatan are actually the prototype, they are the Binyan Av of what is the definition of Nichosh. And now we Tosfot is saying, but really they didn't commit Nichosh. Okay, that's a question of, of how Tosfot deals with the Gemara, but, but that's, that's his opinion. That's their opinion. Another opinion is the opinion of the Ram. <coughs> Says the Ram. How could it be that Tzadik Eliezer, Hachazal praise him, and, uh, and the Tzadik Yonatan ben Shaul, he, he was Mamish, uh, one of the Tzadikim, Hazal talk about how, how, what a Tzadik he was. We see in all of his actions, he was prepared to give the Malucha to his friend David. How could he do such a thing? And he explains, and here comes the, the, um, the Ran and gives his own opinion. So look in bold. Says the Ran, look, what did Eliezer do? He took a son that was a logic, that had logic to it. If this woman has Midot Tovot, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Midot Tovot. So if she will offer to give me water to quench my thirst and my camels, that's a woman of Chesed. That's what I'm looking for. So this is a Nechush, says the Ran. It's logical. What's not logical? What the Gemara said, 
my, my bread fell out from my, from my uh, mouth, the, the stick fell from my hand. There's no real logic to connect that action to what I'm going to do based on that sign. Whereas over here, it's very clear. If she does that, that's a siman that she's got. A, she's a woman of valor. I'm looking for that. Similarly, Yonatan ben Shaul, he explains that basically you have to say that if they were, say, come up, it means that they were off guard. I, they didn't really suspect them. I, they were inviting them in. If they said, stop, stay where you are. When the chayalim, if they suspect someone, uh, that someone there might be a terrorist, what do they say? Stop where you are. Right? We, you know, we're going to come very carefully. We will come to you. You don't approach us. So the fact that they're saying, come up to us, means they didn't suspect them. If they didn't suspect them, they could take them by surprise. Take them by surprise. It's not nichosh because it's logical. That's how you win wars. Right? Take your enemy by surprise. So based on the run, and again, the run is going to have a difficulty because the Pshat of the Gemara said anyone that didn't do nichosh like Eliezer, and Yonatan, but what, what is now the run saying? That really Eliezer and Yonatan didn't do Nichosh at all. How does he work the wording of the Gemara so he does some fancy footwork at the, at the, at the end of this to try and fit it in? He, what, the Gemara didn't mean that. He, and and it, it, it's quite difficult how he fits it in. But that's, that's the second opinion. So opinion number one of Tosfot, if you don't completely rely on the Suman, you haven't transgressed the violation. Opinion number two, <coughs> of the run is if there's some logic to it it's also okay opinion number three is the opinion of the torah to now let's just put things in perspective the run rishon in the 1300s tosvot balea tosvot rishonim in the 1200s and now we're skipping to rab baruch epstein who basically died in the holocaust right so we're dealing with an achron and generally you don't way up Achroinim against Rishonim, at least, you know, we wouldn't take the Torah Tamima versus the Ran and the Baalei Atosvot, but let's keep that in mind and then I want to come back to it in a moment. What does the Torah Tamima want to say? And he comes up with a third opinion and he says as follows. <coughs> um, sorry, let me just, I'm not, we don't want to read the uh, whole, thing. whole thing. Okay, I go about um, eight lines down. Everyone got it? Mm-hmm. Um, there's another book behind you if you want. Um, what seems clear in this issue is <coughs> that basically it's only if you talk about, you know, this sign means that I shouldn't do it, I should, or I should do it, without mentioning Shem Hashem. What is the Tartamima trying to get at? He's, he's really saying that if I think that this sign has some power in and of itself, that's a problem. That is what the Rambam said, nonsense. And that's what the Sefer Achinok says, is, is weakening your emuna in a Kodesh Baruch Hu. But if I say... Akash Baruch Hu, I don't know what to do. Give me a sign. So when a sign comes and you are saying it, it's coming from Akash Baruch Hu, right? It's not weakening your emunah. I don't know. Then there's no problem. That's not Nichosh. I'm not giving some type of uh, uh, power to something 
other than other than the um, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Himself. This is all coming from Hashem, and that's what the Tartimim was saying. Eliezer was saying it b'shem Hashem. He was doing it as you know, Hashem guard me. He wasn't saying it without of the context of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It was all Hashem giving him directives. Similarly, Yonatan. And that's how he understands it. That basically, if you are doing it, the shame Hashem. If you're doing it with the with the understanding that this is Hashem is guarding you and is trying to give you a, a, a mat, that would be permitted. So basically, the Torah Tamima is opening up the floodgates over here. It's basically saying that any siman that you could do b'shem Hashem is pretty much it's pretty much okay. Now, as I said, Rav Baruch Epstein. A big gadol, big Talmud Chokhem, but he, lived, he died in the Holocaust, right? How can he take on the Ran and the Baalei uh, Tosfot? So the truth is, is that we have predecessors in the Shittah of the Torah to remember, it's not in the, it's not in the Sefer, but the Bach, one of the um, uh, Perushim on the tour, who was a 16th, uh, 16, uh, he lived in the 1600s, so okay, he's, he's not a Rishon, but he's definitely got a lot of weight, the Bach, in terms of halacha. He basically says the same thing. Now, the language of the Bach is a bit tricky because he says Eliezer was kind of using the Vua, which then basically is, oh, okay, well, that's different. If you're doing the Vua, then, you know, if, if it's in the Vua, it's one thing. But if you're just saying, Hashem, direct me, and we don't have the Vua, so the Bach isn't. But in the continuation of the Bach, he basically comes back to the idea of the Torah Tumim, even if it's not based on the Vua. So that's why I'm not sure the, 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 um, it oscillates within the wording of the Bach when he said Nevoah, did he actually mean Nevoah? Because from the continuation of his, of, his, of, of his essay, he doesn't seem to imply Nevoah, but rather relating this directive to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, I just want to bring the opinion of the Ramah. It's not in the book. But I want to share with you the opinion of the Ramah. The Ramah in, in Siman Kufa Intet, the Ramah says, <clears throat> some say, that a person can make a sign in the future. If I find a, a parking <laughs> spot on the block, then Hashem wants me, and it's good. That's what the Ramah brings, Yeshomrim, right? Just as Eliezer of Abraham did. And some say it's prohibited. Who's that? We saw the Rambam. The Rambam said clearly that there was a prohibition of Abraham did a prohibition. And then the Rambam says something very interesting. So he brings, there are people that say you can. There are opinions that say you can't. Now what would we expect the Rambam to say? or the or the kar. What does he say? He's now become Masilas Yisharim. The, the, the Ramah turned into a cipher of Masilas Yisharim. What's going on over here? say we 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 pass like this. What, what's the Ramah? What's the Ramah saying? So I, I, I saw a essay written by Rav Elchanan Adler, uh, where he basically says that the Ramah over here is telling you, I'm really passing like the first opinion, that you can make a sign. But how can you make a sign? If what? 
if you understand that it's coming from Hashem, i.e. what the Torah Tamima and the Bach was saying, that's really how the Ramah is paskening. So therefore, in the Sefer, it looks like the Baaleah Toswar in the Ran versus Torah Tamima, yesh, earlier sources of the Torah Tamima, and it could even be that that actually is the shit of the Ramah. We are really behind, so I'm going to, <coughs> now that we've, uh, we, we, we've established different uh, opinions, we have to, the Gemara itself talks about Simon. And where do we find this? We, the most uh, famous, is Rosh Hashanah. We all eat uh, the, the, how does that fit in with the omens and signs, etc.? Clearly, according to the Rambam, it would seem problematic. How does the Rambam going to deal with this Gemara? The Gemara in Kritu, Dafav, source number 12. Now that we say that Siman have substance to them, So on Rosh Hashanah, a person should be makbid to eat all of these different foodstuffs. I don't know what they were, the gourds and the fenugreek. I don't know what that is in English, but apparently... Uh, Oscar will tell you what it is, what exactly the, uh, uh, these things are. But it's a siman. How does that fit with the prohibition of nichush? Okay? So look at the Mordechai. The Mordechai was asked this question. The Mordechai Masechet Yuma. Already in the response of the Gaoni. And we, they were accusing the Gaoni. Of what? Of people that relied on omens and transgresses the Torah violations. Because they had the minag, which uh, many Israelis today still have, they take a head of a lamb, right? And uh, we eat sweet things. And he says as follows What am I going to answer? This type of omens and signs, it's good, it's permitted. And we're doing this in order that Hashem will hear our cries. Then we'll make us the head and not the tail, etc. Etc. And, and the say, last line. He say, he oh, if you notice, the Mordechai never mentions a Hiratzon. Very important. Mordechai never mentions a Hiratzon. I'll come back to that in a moment. What, what did the Mordechai say? Because it's taught, because it's brought down in Chazal, right? it's not considered Nichush. It's okay. It's the Torah Mitzvah. It, 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 it is a Mitzvah. What, what distinction exactly did the Mordechai make? He just said basically that there's certain omens that the Gemara said are prohibited. There's certain omens that the Gemara said are permitted. The ones that the Gemara said are permitted is 100% okay. It's a mitzvah. The ones that the, Torah, that the Gemara said are prohibited. By the way, if you transgress that, that's a Torah violation. You get malkot, right? What exactly is the distinction between the two it's not so clear in the it's not so clear in the Mordechai. Nevertheless, <coughs> nevertheless Eliezer was also all second in mitzvah when he Sorry got what? Eliezer was all second in mitzvah when he got his own mitzvah. Oh well, well that could answer it. I.e. because he was all second in mitzvah and according according to many Rishonim, he didn't transgress other than the Rambam, so it'll be okay. 
So here comes uh, different opinions. I'll, I'll mention basically two general opinions. By the way, there's an essay at the end of this by my Chavruta of Eitan Aviner, who gives a nice uh, general overview of the different opinions of the Rishonim, how they grapple with this issue. The first opinion is basically the opinion of the Ramban. And the Ramban basically says on the Chumash, that the truth is, is that, as he said, there is powers of how you can... There are ideas in Shammai. Hashem can make a, an idea. Maybe he's going to give me a brocha. And by us doing a maiseh, almost we twist Hashem's arm to bring down that shepherd, to bring that gzairah into effect. And therefore, it's what we'll call, it's within the realm of Kedusha. There's powers... According to the Ramban, there are negative powers. They call it not what Hashem, it exists, but Hashem doesn't want to, us to tamper with them. And then there are powers that is within the realm of Kedusha. And I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to actually use that. Right? As Yirmiyahu, when he was telling the people that Babel was going to be destroyed and forgotten, he got everyone to take a book and tie stones to it and throw it into the water. So what did did? Yirmiyahu was a Navi. Why did he have to bring her a Masha? By doing that, he was actually bringing down a possible Xera and making it more, more uh, materializing it. So that's one opinion. Isn't that where it's fell into? So it could be. It could be that in this, this could be part of the Skulot, according to the Ramban. It's a Siman. What is a Siman? You're basically bringing down a possible idea and making the shepherd, making a receptacle for that shepherd. That is one opinion. The second opinion is what the Meiri says. The Meiri, as you pointed out, the Mordechai, when he was talking about the Minagim of what the Gemara, the Gemara never mentioned that when you eat the fenugreek, you say a hiratzon, you say a prayer. The Mordechai, quoting the Gani, never mentioned anything. The Meiri says... You have to say a prayer because that is really, that is, otherwise, otherwise it really is nichush. But by me saying a prayer, what am I really showing? I don't believe in the omen. The omen is just arousing within me a, some type of feeling that I want to dive into Akash Baruch Hu, But the ikari is my tefillah. The ikari is my ma'asim tovim. So according to the me'iri, you have to, if a person just eats the fenugreek on Rosh Hashanah, but he doesn't daven, and he thinks that the power is because I ate the fenugreek, he might be over on nichosh. The question is, why didn't it say originally in the Gemara, and also in the Mordechai, why Correct. didn't it say? Correct. So it could be that at that time, we didn't, they didn't have a question of needing the Yihirazon. Correct. And later on, they realized, wait a minute, people are doing exactly what you said. They just ate the fenugreek, and they didn't relate it back to, wait a minute, what's the point of eating the fenugreek? Could be, and all the media would say, of course it was a tefillah, just the, the Gemara didn't mention it, it was, it was Dabar Pashat. But I agree with you, the question on the media is, it's not mentioned neither in the Gemara, not in the Truba of the, uh, the Goanim brought by the Mordechai. The, the Meiri in his Chibur La Truba, he writes another Chibur uh, La Truba, there um, he writes a, a different take. He says that the reason why you have to uh, say the tefillah is that people should not uh, be suspe suspect you are being over on, on Nechot, so there it seems uh, slightly different, but that is a second opinion. There is a, a third opinion brought down by the Radak. The Radak basically says that if a person is doing a Sima and he is 
kind of doing it, uh, he is deciding on the Siman in the future. What was the Gemara's case? My bread fell from my mouth in the past. And based on that, I'm not going to do. Or the deer crossed the road. And because the deer crossed my path, I'm not going to carry on on, the, on my teal. But here I'm in the future making a Siman. According to the Radak, that could be okay. And that's what the Ramah was actually quoting. But the Ramah added, what did the Ramah add? Betom led. Your person has to do it. You have to say that it's coming from Hashem. If you leave out Hashem, then the Ramah said it could be uh, problematic. So that is basically what it could be. That all these simanim, uh, if, first of all, they should be simanim brought down by Chazal. They're not simanim brought down by Chazal. It's very questionable whether we can do it. It could be that you can. According to Ramah, it seems that you can. But you're walking on, on eggshells. But even the simanim that are brought down by, the, by, by Chazal, to the other, you should just use it as a tefillah, according to the, uh, the Me'iri. If you don't, if you think that there's a power in the Siman, it's a problem. You could be oivet. Or uh, you actually, according to the second opinion, no, you're doing it, but you're saying it as a Siman and it's uh, uh, from, from Hashem. The third opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam says, basically, that all the Simanim, are basically, as long as I don't do an action because of it, it's, I'm not transgressing. What was the case in the Gemara? The case in the Gemara was, I was walking, and then I see a deer cross me, cross, my, cross the road, so I will not continue walking. That, says the Rambam, I do an action because of this, or I don't do an action because of that, that is Nechosh. However, if it's just a siman, I'm not doing anything extra. On Rosh Hashanah, I eat the siman. Am I going to do anything different during the year because I ate the fenugreek or the, the leek? No. I just, I did So according to the Rambam, that's a siman that is okay. I'll give you the Shulchan Aruch says, the Shulchan Aruch brings down, that the, the, um, the, the Shulchan Aruch brings the Minak basically, not to not to marry until the miluya levana until the the, 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 the fifteenth of the month etc. Um, and the Rama brings nagula til the yeshivot to start on Rosh Chodesh because according to the Rambam it's a siman. I'm not doing. Uh, I'm just using it as a siman. But again, would the Rambam be completely happy with the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch over here and the Rama? It is not clear. According to, I, I, I'll be honest. What the Rambam says is an Isudor writer, the Ramban says is Mutter Lechatchila. It's one of these sugyas that it's like, it's, it's mamish, you can't get anything. I'll, I'll say further, according to the Ramban, we didn't bring it. But the Ramban in his Chuga basically says, you're not allowed to go listen to a, an astrologer or sorcerer, but if you walk past their shop and that you hear them, you can take their words and be careful not to uh, not to do. I, they said Tuesday's a bad day. Don't you know something's going to happen? According to Ramban, you're not allowed to go and ask them. That's the Torah's violation. But if you hear them, you can take it into account. Where's it from? Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was wedding his daughter, and the Gemara in Sanhedrin talks about that he heard that it's Dagninut that he was going to die, and he was he was worried. He was worried that his daughter. Why was he worried? According to the Rambam, it's all nonsense. According to the Ramban, 
We haven't even got to the second part of the shir. According to the Ramban, according to the Ramban, it wouldn't be a problem. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to. There's more to talk about this topic, but we have to move on to the story of uh, magic and deception of the ass. Very, very quickly on so, on page 142 says the Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin Samachai. Tana Rabban and Moonen. What is the definition of Moonen? Rabbi Shimon Omer Zeh Ma'avir Shiv'a Minei Zachur Ala Ayin. Onen comes from the word ay, ayin, and therefore a person who puts uh, semen on the eye, seven uh, people's semen on the eye, something like that for sorcery, that is the prohibition. Chachamim omrim Chachamim say, one who uses deception of the eyes. We'll have to understand, what is that? And Rabbi Akiva omer, omer hayom Today is a good day to, to, to go on a teal. Today is not a good day to start a business. That according to Rabbi Akiva. How do we paskin? Says the Rambam. Ezu mo'onein. Elu notnei ha'itim. Ha'i paskin zak Rabbi Akiva. Asu lo'onein hafa piche lo asa ma'aseh ela hodia otan ha'kzabim sh'akzilim nidamein lahem dibre met vedibre chachamim. V'kola oseh mipnei ha'itztagminut v'kivein melachto alichato boto ha'it. Anyone who basically bases his travels or his work based on what the astrologers and these sorcerers said, right? Harezel, uh, okay. He gets lashes for something. He's transgressed the prohibition of Lotonen. And the Rambam is passing like Rabbi Akiva. And then he continues. One who deceives with the eyes. And he tricks people. He does some wondrous act. But he didn't really. It's an illusion. A Torah violation and he gets malkot. What does that sound like according to the Rambam? First of all, he paskins both according to Rabbi Akiva and according to Chachamim. He says they're not arguing. Second of all, basically, magic shows are prohibited according to the Rambam. Uh, a quick story. When I was in South Africa with Rabbi Perez and uh, a magician was brought out and I and we were having a Rosh Chodesh uh, event, Rosh Chodesh Adar event for, for our shul. And I didn't know whether I could, uh, the guy was a uh, Sushad, right? Uh, he's now the, 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 the Israeli Israel illusion. Israel illusion, right? So now, I, I called up Moriba Rabbi Rabbi Lichtenstein Zatzal. And I asked him, I said, is, is this Ochezenayim? What am I doing? Am I being machshul the whole community? What is it? And basically, like uh, Rabbi Aaron Kedar Koba Kodesh, he wouldn't give me an answer, but I, you know, he's giving me all the, this opinion and that opinion this way. I was like, Rabbi, please just <laughs> give me <laughs> I need an answer. You know? And he basically said, if everyone understands that it's trickery, then it's, uh, then it's basically okay. So for, for, for two minutes before the, the, the guy got up, I got up and said, you know, it's all trickery. And, it's, and, it's all and then he gets up and he says, I'm a supernaturalist. And, and okay. Anyway, so, so basically, uh, according to the Rambam, it sounds like this is a Nisodoraita and you get lashes. I'm not going to go into it, but in the Gemara, in, in the Rambam in about a Zora, in chapter Yud Aleph, he says that you don't get lashes. There is a contradiction in the Rambam. There are different answers of the Marik, the Keset Mishnah. I'll say the, the, the Keset Mishnah, the, the Marik outside, because I think it's, it's very uh, practical. He says there's a distinction between doing a wondrous act, <coughs> for example, 
you take a body and you cut it in two, <laughs> right? So as if the person's dead. And then you do <coughs> That is considered Maisekshafim. That is Kishuf Mamash. And then there's something different. You have a coin in your hand, you close your, you have a coin in your hand, you close it, you open it, and there's no, no coin. It's not, it's not that the action itself is a Maisek Shafim, because it really is, it's not wondrous, it's just, well, how did he do that? How did it get from point A to point B? It, it came out of the guy's ear, right? Well, how did it come out of his ear? Because it was in his hand a moment ago. That's a difference. Uh, are you going to the Marik? They're two separate definitions. And the, <coughs> the one is much more Hamur than the other, and we'll keep that uh, definition uh, for the moment. So very quickly, I'll just give you the opinions of the poskim regarding magic shows. Now that we have the opinion of the Rambam, who says that it's utter prohibition, and I'll come back to how we started off this year. Remember the Radbaz. The Radbaz said that there is a practical ramification between the Rambam and the Rambam. The Rambam understands that everything is nonsense. There's no such thing as black magic. If everything is nonsense, and there's no such thing as black magic. There's no difference if I'm saying it in the name of sorcery or if I'm saying it in the name of trickery. It's all prohibited. Right? Because it's, it's all nonsense. So if it's all nonsense, the Torah works. And the Radbaz, he can't, he, he, mamish, he says, Kasheli la, that, that the Torah would have prohibited trickery. That's just a skill. And he says, but he says, we Paschal like the Ramban, that really there is something called Kishon. And therefore, if a person is actually doing sorcery, that's the Torah violation, that you could also get uh, skiller for. And if he doesn't, but he's claiming he's doing sorcery, that's a Torah violation. But if he's not claiming uh, that he's doing sorcery, he's claiming he's an illusionist. An illusionist, David Copperfield, says the Rabbis, according to that, that isn't a problem. That would be Muntalachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
and basically everyone knows that no one's trying to say that this is uh, some type of black magic etc then it would be permitted and the world a lot of the world are relying on the Dibra Yatsif the Betzela Chochma is also Michael, which is interesting because the Dibra Yatsif in his truth is generally very Machmir and Betzela Chochma even more and yeah you have you know they, they, they yeah, seem to be going children. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> finally I'll end with the Igrot Moshe the Igrot Moshe is very interesting he basically says that if everyone knows that it's trickery he thinks that it's not a problem no Israel but then he says but I don't know why everyone's asking me these questions who, talk, who invites magicians I've never seen this I don't know who does such things anyway um, but in the end he says I don't want to pass him in deference to all the poskin that says it's an Isidoraita. On the one hand, you have the Shulchan Aruch. They're basically the Shulchan Aruch is an Isidoraita. And the Chochmanan. And the Shach. Okay? And then, on the other hand, you have the, 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 these uh, poskin that are basically saying, no, 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 it's okay. So, Rabbi Moshe Vine says, even though I think it's okay, I, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, we have to have some, uh, re, uh, what's the word, reverence for the poskim, and therefore he, he says, if you push me in a corner, I'll say it's mutter, but I don't want to, don't, don't push me in a corner. So bottom line, however, however, it is very important that they shouldn't say they're supernaturalists, and they shouldn't say they're doing it with black magic, it should be understood that what David uh, Copperfield called himself, he's an illusionist, right? He says, um, and that, that is the uh, thing. Just going back to the topic of omens. I'll tell you that it's not clear, even in today's poskim. For example, Rav Soloveitchik was asked, you know, the Chatanim, uh, there's a minag, to undo the, the tie and undo the shoelaces to go like that and everything like that. And, uh, and Chatan came and asked Rav Soloveitchik and he said, he asked his father and his father asked Rav Chaim and Rav Chaim says, it's Asr. It's Nichush. We don't believe in these things. The Chatan came back, he said, but my mother-in-law is very, uh, the Shviga is uh, very adamant. So he said to him, for Shalom Bayit, it's not worthwhile getting in, uh, you know, starting a Machloikis. But he says, when you do it, you should do it, L'Shem Shalom Bayit, and that it means nothing, etc., etc. So Rav Soloveitchik took a very, and Rav Shechta said, you know, any of these omens one should try and stay away from. If there's a minhag, we have to look very carefully to understand what the logic is behind the minhag. But basically, all of these things, the red, a lot of the possible say it would be an Isidoraita. According to the Rambam, Lichor, it's an Isidoraita. And Rav Salvat, I think, held that. And it's quite interesting because it mentioned that list of the Toset of all the things of Nichosh, one of them is the string around the hand. How that happened, that half of Amish are wearing a string around their hand. And then it's a lot of money on it. And that, that I'm not sure. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>